This week I uh, attended a conference where we talked about a topic uh, that we as 21st century Americans try to avoid at all cost. Uh, it's a subject, a topic that we will spend all kinds of money on to make sure that we never endure it. It's something that many leaders and many books have been written that if you apply different things, you can avoid it. Do you know what it is? Suffering. Now, nobody likes suffering. It's not like other people uh, on the other side of the world are like, yay, we're suffering! Uh, but we as Americans really want to avoid suffering at all costs. We don't see any good that can come from it. Instead, what do we want? Peaceful circumstances. We want joyful circumstances. We want the opposite of suffering. We want glory. And in our minds, suffering and glory cannot be in the same conversation. It's either one or the other. And so, today, where is true glory found? And what's the key to getting it? We're going to answer those questions because that's what the disciples found out in Mark chapter 9. Before we jump into Mark chapter 9, let me give you some background. We're in this series, Race to the Cross, uh, as we're working our way through the book of Mark. And what Mark has done for us so far is shown us the powerful Son of God that Jesus is. We've seen healings. We've seen demons casting out. We've seen stilling of storms. We've seen all kinds of, of, of miracles that Jesus has done that he is the powerful Son of God. And in the book of Mark, what we've seen is Jesus is very quick. Mark is proving that Jesus is the powerful Son of God, so he focuses less on his teaching, more on what Jesus does. All of a sudden, towards the back end of Mark, Mark starts to focus in on Jesus' whole purpose for coming. And Jesus does as well as he starts talking about suffering. At the end of Mark chapter 8, which ties into Mark chapter 9. So let me tell you about the end of Mark chapter 8. Jesus asks his disciples, who do the people say that I am? Who do people say that I am? It's, it's within the last couple months of his life. What are the crowds saying? What are you hearing, disciples? And they said, well, some are saying you're John the Baptist, reincarnated. Some are saying you're Elijah, reincarnated. Others are saying you're, you're one of the prophets. And Jesus says, okay, good, good. Who do you say that I am? And Peter stands up immediately and boldly says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, well done, Peter. Blessed are you. Because this didn't come from man. This came from my Father. And then Jesus goes on to say, here's what's going to happen. We're going to go up to Jerusalem. And I'm going to suffer. And I'm going to die. And I'm going to rise again on the third day. And Peter, bold Peter, who just knocked it out of the park, takes Jesus over the corner and says, stop talking about suffering. You're not going to die. Enough of this. And do you remember how Jesus responded? Get behind me, Satan. You don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. Oof. Six days later, Mark chapter 9 happens. As Peter just told Jesus, stop talking about suffering, it ain't going to happen, 
Six days later, Mark chapter 9. Let's jump in. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Stop right there. Can you picture the scene? They go up a mountain, a spiritual retreat, so to speak, with just Jesus. And as they get up there, Jesus transfigures. The Greek word is metamorphi, where we get our word metamorphosis from. And so Jesus changes who he is. No longer does he look like a human being, but his divine glory is being shown as his clothes are whiter than anyone could bleach them. In in the Gospel of Luke, we hear that Jesus' face was beaming like the sun. In the book of Exodus, uh, 1500 B.C., as Moses led the people out of uh, Egypt, they got to Mount Sinai. And God came down in a cloud, there's thunder and lightning, and everyone was freaking out. And they said to Moses, you go up and talk to God for us. We don't want to talk to him. You go talk to him for us and tell us what he says. So Moses goes up the mountain, and as he comes back down, his face is beaming because it's reflecting the glory of God. Jesus is not reflecting the glory of God. The glory of God is coming from inside out because he is the divine God. He has all glory. And he is showing it to his disciples here. Charles Wesley wrote a a very famous Christmas hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. In that hymn, he has a great line. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. At Christmas, what happens? The divine glory of God is veiled in human flesh so that we cannot see it. At the Mount of Transfiguration, what happens? The exact opposite. The divine glory overtakes the human flesh, so to speak, that has veiled it, that has covered it, and they see God. They see Jesus as the Lord of glory that he is. And, they're talk- and he's talking with Moses and Elijah, who are also glorified, who were people like you and me that are now up in heaven talking with Jesus. And this conversation is happening. When all of a sudden Peter gets a great idea, I should talk. Here's what we're told. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. You don't get it in the English here, but in the Greek, there's a, what it actually says is, Peter answered and said. It's a phrase that's used when only, when you're being talked to or you're part of a conversation. And so think about this. Moses and Elijah are talking with Jesus. The disciples are witnessing this. And Peter's thinking to himself, I'm involved. I'm involved in this conversation. Of course, naturally. Let me tell you my bright idea, Jesus. Let's build some shelters. This is awesome. Let let me build you some tents 
you guys can stay here. Let's hang out in this glory. Because this is the glory that we've been expecting. Can you blame him? It's the glory that we want as well, isn't it? Why would you not want to camp out there? Why would you not want to stay? This is amazing. Moses and Elijah, Jesus, you're in your full glory. This is what we want to see. This is what we've been waiting for. All of a sudden, as soon as Peter speaks, God shows up. Verse 7. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud, This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. You talk about a terrifying moment. Peter, it's not talking time, it's listening time, and you need to listen to Jesus. He is the Lord of glory. Where is glory found? Only in Jesus Christ. And what's the key for you and me to receive glory? Your first point. Be quiet and listen to Jesus. Be quiet and listen to Jesus. That was easy to do for Peter in the beginning of the gospel, wasn't it? As Jesus is casting out demons, as he's healing paralytics, as as he's calming storms, it's easy to see the divine glory through his miraculous power and sit and listen. But now all of a sudden Jesus is talking about suffering. And what's Peter been doing? He hasn't been quiet and listened to Jesus. Instead, he's been giving advice to God. Instead of being quiet and listening, he's giving advice to God. Have you been there? Are we staying quiet and listening to Jesus through our life? Or have we gotten to a point where we're giving advice to God on what we need in our life and what we think God should be doing for us? When we're in the valleys of life and we're not experiencing the mountaintops that we so desperately want, the mountaintops of glory, when we're in the valleys, are we quiet, listening to Jesus through it? Or are we like Peter and giving advice to God on what we think he should be doing for us? When we're experiencing the mountaintops, because there are mountaintops in this life, there are good times, there are times when life is great, in those moments are we quietly listening to Jesus? Or are we telling him how to maintain the glory that we're having and what to keep us from going through? There's so many voices in this world, so many voices that we hear every single day of our life telling you what life is about, telling you how to avoid suffering simply By following this, you'll stay out of financial troubles. Following this diet will keep you healthy. Following this will keep you from relationship problems. All these different voices are out there telling you how to maintain glory and how to maintain happiness. Is Jesus one of them? Or is he the only one? You know what I think is is kind of a, a, a tell for Peter here? He has seen the Lord of glory in all of his glory. And notice what he says to him. 
rabbi. Not Lord, rabbi. To be fair, that is a phrase and a title that they call Jesus all the time. But when you're seeing the Lord of glory, rabbi? Really, Peter? What's happened in Peter's heart is Jesus has started to say things that Peter doesn't agree with. And is, is Jesus just one of the voices that he's listening to? Is Jesus just one of them that he can take and leave what Jesus teaches depending on if he likes it or not? Is that what's happening in your heart? And if so, why? I, I can't answer for you, but I can answer for me. Because Jesus says some things that I don't like. He says some things that doesn't seem like it's going to bring me glory. For instance, Jesus says, if you want to be my disciples, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Well, that doesn't sound fun. Deny myself? Do you know how hard it is to deny my sinful nature? Do you know how hard it is to deny what I want to follow you, Jesus? Do you know what it's like to pick up a cross and follow you, Jesus? A, a cross was a form of execution, and you want me to pick up a cross and follow you? That doesn't sound fun. That doesn't seem like glory. That seems like suffering. And I want to avoid that at all costs. Because I don't see how glory and suffering can coincide. And yet, what does God the Father say to you and me? This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Listen to him. Why? Because Jesus knows where true glory is found. It's not found in moments on this, in this world. It's found in him. Because what is found in this world? Sin. As we're looking at this picture of Jesus, right, on the Mount of Transfiguration, do you see a difference between Moses and Elijah and the disciples? Moses and Elijah, talking with Jesus, like it's no big deal. And what do we hear about Peter? He didn't know what to say because they were so frightened. The glory that they wanted to camp out in was also the glory that absolutely terrified them because of sin. Because of sin in this world, sin in our life, glory in this world can never be truly had. We can have good moments. We can have mountaintop experiences, but it will never last, and it's because of sin. And yet, what does Jesus hold out for us here on the Mount of Transfiguration? The glory that is coming to you and to me. The glory. It's a picture of heaven, of what our race ends with. Glory. Not because of who we are, but because of who the Lord of glory is. What does Jesus do for you and for me? How much does he love you and want you to have the glory that Moses and Elijah and Jesus was experiencing on that mountain? Do you know how much he loves you? He went down the mountain. He didn't stay. He didn't camp out. Instead, he went down the mountain 
And we're told at the end of this event that Jesus' face was focused and turned to Jerusalem. And nothing was going to stop him. And when he got to Jerusalem, do you know what he did? He climbed another mountain. Not a mountain to be glorified, but a mountain to be crucified. Not a mountain to go up and be crowned king, but a mountain to go up and be crowned with the crown of thorns. Not a mountain where he'd go up and, and have clo- wearing clothes whiter than anyone can bleach them, but to be stripped naked. Not a mountain to go up and be glorified and praised, but a mountain to go up and be mocked. Not a mountain to go up and live in peace, but a mountain to go up and die in agony as he endured hell. Why? So that when your life ends, when our race ends in this world, it ends like the Mount of Transfiguration as we see the glorified Jesus, as we live in his divine glory forever. You see, Jesus went down that mountain to go and endure the cross, to go pay for each and every one of our sins so that we have the divine glory to look forward to. And it's yours through him. This is what the transfiguration is all about. We get a glimpse of the divine glory of Jesus. We know where the divine glory is found and we know how we receive it by being quiet and listening to Jesus. As Jesus says, here, this is for you. Here, I've won it for you. This is what it's all about. And this is what the disciples learned. Here's the last verse here. Suddenly when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. Could there be anyone better to be seen except Jesus? The disciples went down the hill with Jesus, and Jesus went with them. And in your life, no matter where you go, no matter what happens, no matter if there's suffering or glory, no matter if it's mountaintops or valleys, the Lord of glory goes with you. If you're experiencing a mountaintop experience right now, where your life is pretty good and you're, and you're thinking, I'm not in a valley right now. Things are great. Burn this image into your mind of the Mount of Transfiguration where the Lord of glory shows you exactly what's coming for you. Because Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. There will be a time when we're no longer on the mountaintop enjoying life because suffering is in this world because of sin. And as we come down those mountaintops into the valleys, what does Jesus hold out for you and me? The Lord of glory. The picture of eternal life. One for you through your Savior Jesus. If you're in the valley right now, be quiet and listen to him as he holds out to you the hope that is yours in Christ. The hope that is yours and it's that picture of the Mount of Transfiguration. That one day, you will live with Jesus in that glory, not afraid to be in the glory, but enjoying the peace, the joy, the amazing atmosphere and experience of seeing Jesus in all his glory, of you being in glory forever, unafraid, but filled with peace and joy. So let's be quiet and listen to him. Let's drown out all the other voices around us Because Jesus gives us glory. 
And it's a glory that he holds out that is going to be for you forever. And so in this world of ups and downs, of mountain peaks and valleys, know that the Lord of glory goes with you. Know that he will be with you. And know that in the end, this glory is yours. And he wants it for you to bring peace to you today as he holds out the hope of eternal life for you. And so let's go with the Lord of glory, listening to him. Let's pray. Gracious Savior, we thank you for being the Lord of glory. We thank you that uh, you have all glory and, and glory is yours, and yet you left it all to come to this world. You left it all and you went down that mountain. You didn't have to, but you love us enough that you left that glory to go and be crucified for us. We thank you that you were. We thank you that you rose from the dead. And we thank you that now we stand at peace with God, looking forward to that day when we enter glory for eternal life. Uh, We can't wait for that day when we get to see you as you are, beaming like the sun, clothes whiter than anyone could bleach them. And we get to see you in your divine glory and experience that divine glory forever. As we live in this world filled with its ups and downs, its peaks, its valleys, uh, we ask that you continue to be with us. Hold out this picture of hope and glory in our hearts and minds so that we're at peace today and that we have hope. Uh, too often we want to make this world uh, a place of glory uh, and, and camp here. And yet here is not that great. There is fantastic and wonderful. And we can't wait for that day when we enter into glory with you. Quiet our hearts. Quiet the voices around us uh, so that we hear you, Jesus, and you alone. It's in your name we pray. Amen.